You're listening to the UI podcast by the Swedish Institute of International Affairs. Uh, hi, I have no slides, but I I stand here anyway. Makes me feel a little bit more important. Um, thank you for inviting me. I am not an expert in anything that has to do with climate change. So honestly, there was a quite complicated to kind of find the right terms, <laughs> what to call things. Uh, I'm an expert in uh, what you might call organized racism, far-right extremism, and how that, that political movement and ideas are threatening our democracy. Uh, and uh, in many ways, the far-right uh, and the far-right rise in the Western world during the last decades is the most successful identity politics project that we've seen. So uh, my idea here is to try to explain and kind of paint a broad picture of how that is affecting uh, the issue of climate change as well. The 15th of March this year, uh, the 28-year-old New Zealander Brenton Tarrant stepped into the local mosque in Christchurch, New Zealand. Heavily armed, he attacked the members of the congregation. 51 people were killed in the terror attack that shocked the world. This attack was, well, it kind of followed a pattern of previous similar attacks. Uh, a single perpetrator, uh, educated and boosted in a kind of international, digital, far-right community. A young white man uh, filled with hate against minorities and our modern society. In many ways, another version of Anders Bering Breivik or uh, Peter Mangs in Malmö. But in Brenton Terrence's manifesto, there was one thing that stood out that we haven't really seen in the manifestos of the prior killers. It's clear that Brenton Tarrant was inspired by key ideologists of the far right. It's all about the birth rates, he claimed. Uh, inspired by the narrative of the so-called great replacement, the idea of a kind of secret plan to replace white people with people from Africa and, and the Middle East, uh, which is run by, uh, by the political elites uh, and orchestrated through migration in many ways. So that was not a new thing. So that was kind of the ordinary narrative that you see in this kind of manifestos. But he also claimed uh, and described himself as an environmentalist. So I usually don't do this, but I think it's, it could be interesting in, in, in this in this room today to actually quote parts of this manifesto. So Brenton Tarrant, this mass killer, writes, there is no conservatism without nature. There is no nationalism without, without environmentalism. 
the natural environment of our lands shaped us just as we shaped it. We were born from our lands and our own culture was molded by these lands. The protection and preservation of these lands is of the same importance as the protection and preservation of our own ideals and beliefs. And you might add our people. So during the last years, we have come to understand that the far right in many ways are a political enemy for everyone who wants to save the planet. I think Donald Trump might be the best example. Uh, and the drivers of the far right is as suggested in, in the headline for this roundtable discussion connected to identity politics. But to fully understand the threat from the far right, we have to understand the complexity of this political movement and tradition. So the majority of the far right spectra denies climate change today. And one interesting question is, of course, why? Um, the sim most simple answer is that they are supported by voters that don't that are filled with distrust distrust against science against media and that the probability for them to actually trust what politicians are claiming about climate change or saying or showing or proving about climate change that they will believe it is very low but I think the image that you showed, Annika, is quite important. This image where the slide where we saw the kind of kilometers and who is who 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 drives the most kilometers. That the, the kind of that is the far right voter. There is all political far right parties has their own tradition and their own kind of history. But in this context, uh, the broad kind of pragmatic nationalistic party that we have in Sweden, the Sweden Democrats, is a very interesting examples, example. So in 1995, the Sweden Democrats in the early years described themselves as an ecological party. So why? Because when the green movement kind of started up, it was an anti-establishment movement. So if you wanted to be anti-establishment, as the far right always want to be, you had to be ecological. Today, it's Im almost impossible for a political party like the Sweden Democrats to take that kind of position, because the voters don't want it. So in many ways, the the big kind of the big parties around Europe is has to adapt to their voters, and I would say that that is mainly the driving force of many of the stands that the far right is taking on climate change. And to be able to do that, they have a secret tool that can always be used, and that is their uh, ability of constructing conspiracy narratives. They know that their voters, and they are kind of 
built in a, into a system of disbelief and distrust. So constructing conspiracy theories is a natural way of, uh, of orientate in the political landscape. And I would say that that is the main driving force and the mechanism of why we now see almost every far-right, right-wing populist party taking a stand against climate change, because they have to. They will lose their voters, and they will lose their support if they don't. And there is no tradition also in these parties in general to to criticize the kind of basic of our economical system. That's a blind spot for these political parties. Their way of understanding society, understanding conflicts, doesn't have to do with the economical system at all. So in their point of view, in their, in their way of looking at society, the political elite has nothing to do with the economical elite. So in many ways, these parties are following their voters. But there is also this other trend that Brenton Tarrant is a part of. In more radical groups and amongst more radical thinkers that might not be that depended on voters and big, massive support, parts and fractions of the far right has rediscovered the origins of national socialism and, and fascism where you find eco-fascism. Which is in a very in a very simplistic kind of uh, way of describing it, a political tradition that goes back to the roots of fascism and national socialism. Uh, the Partly, I would say it's more mostly known because it was part, it's kind of parts of the Hitler regime, not not the whole part, not the whole regime. The Hitler Nationalist National Socialist Party was a party for kind of every kind of far right fraction that ever existed, but you could you could can find it there, and it was kind of connected the idea of blood and blood and soil, which was the basic fundament of of national socialism to ideas of animal protection, for example. We've all seen the pictures of Hitler being very nice to animals. Uh, it also comes from an idea to create a political ideology that kind of goes between socialism and capitalism. So in this tradition, it's it's natural to criticize uh, mass consumption. It's natural to criticize uh, the economical system, which makes it kind of easy to jump on uh, the environmentalist train. And the idea is also based on traditionalism and hierarchies. But it's never about saving the planet. So it's about creating uh, a space for your own people where you can live in peace, totally disconnected to 
black people or brown people or anyone that you would argue doesn't have a place in your land. Uh, and the idea that you in that place should be kind of connected to the ground that you are standing on as well, which means that you have to take care of it. They don't care. So Bangladesh could be a dump. And what happens in, in Amazonas isn't important. I think for the most for most people who deals with climate change understands that this is a kind of planet issue. But in their way of looking at it, and their way of looking at life uh, and politics, everything is about segregating people, ideas, uh, and civilizations from each other. And in their worldview, they almost kind of separates climate as well. So we should have a clean climate in our country, in our place, in our village, or wherever you want to construct this community, this white community. So there are two big political trends, global political trends at the moment. Two political movements that has a momentum. And one is the Green Movement, which is a global movement uh, that are basically trying to do what we can to save the planet. And the other big trend is this wave of conservatism and far-right ideas. I would argue that we haven't really seen the consequences of this yet. We haven't really seen the big, big clash. I think that if you are a person that deals with climate change or any other kind of topic connected to that, you have to learn your new political enemy, and that is the far right. And it's not that simple. You, you shouldn't do the mistake to, to think that everyone is like Donald Trump. There will come a time, and we already see it uh, inside the far Front National, in the former Front National in France, for example, which now are changing their, their politis, policies totally and transforming them to an ecological party, which now will try to, to win support amongst those, all of those people in society that feel afraid, worried, uh, nervous about climate change, but offering them their alternative solution to this question. So the question is not only about convincing people that climate change is a fact anymore. It's about actually offering an alternative and how to solve it and how to deal with it. And you have to do that at the same time. Uh, and as I said, I think we are just in the beginning of this. And during the coming years, you will see the far right partly, sometimes rapidly, sometimes not at all, change their take on climate change. Thank you. Find us on www.ui.sc. We are also on Facebook and on Twitter with UI Sweden. 
And we're also on YouTube, where you can watch our seminars and interviews.